my deliverance and how I became possessed after being prayed over by someone who was speaking in tongues. Hallelujah, Abaya. I just pray that as I go over this story of being demonically attacked through speaking in tongues, that you would be glorified. You get all the glory in the name of Yahusha Hamashiach. I pray for a spirit of liberty in Yahusha Hamashiach to go over or testify to anybody in Africa, anybody in America who has experienced this or is needing deliverance from this or understanding in this. And I pray, Abaya, that you would rout and tear down and strip of all of their armor, any demonic influence or spirit that is seeking to attack me now or attacking this ministry or this testimony. I pray your hedge of protection, your wall of fire around this whole video and testimony and that the word that goes forth will be a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge in the hearers of the word and that it would help others. It would help to deliver others from these things these dark subjects I'm going to talk about that I usually only speak to people about in private, but I am going to share them with the assembly for the sake of uh, my own testimony and my continued deliverance. And because this is the war that you place me in, you place me in a situation to finally speak openly about these things. And I have not been able to until now. And so I thank you for your deliverance and healing and um, family know that you can be uh, Abaya, just let them know in their hearts that they can be delivered and healed from these things, that you are faithful and um, you are true and your word is true. There's, you can be delivered from anything, family. And so we just give all glory to Yahuwah. You know, I, I decrease Abaya so that you would be increased in this. And, um, and just no, let no pride enter into this. And I just thank you for everything you're doing in my life and that this testimony will do in the lives of others as we head into the time of great Jacob's trouble and the great tribulation. We bless and glorify your holy name and let me always be a blessing and a glorification of you in righteousness and the hearers as well, I pray in Yahushua HaMashiach's name. Amen. Amen. Shalom family. Today I'm going to talk to you about a time when I had a serpent spirit imparted or thrown onto me by someone who was speaking in tongues. And this is why I do not allow people to pray in tongues over me. I had somebody do it last week and I hung up the phone and it actually caused a big schism in my last ministry where a couple of people left and were beset by demonic spirits because someone was praying in tongues over them and it created a big rift in the ministry. I want to share with you my experience where I believe that I had this serpent spirit thrown, cast onto me and I was demonically possessed and how I was able to get it off of me and um, the people who prayed for me and the dangers of deliverance ministries, how I learned that deliverance ministries actually impart spirits, demonic serpent spirits onto you by speaking in tongues.
And so I encourage you to go and watch my Pentecost video so you can learn that tongues are not of scripture. The only holy language is Hebrew and all tongues is known languages. Other words, otherwise it shouldn't be spoken out loud. So this is my testimony of how I was demonically possessed when a person repeatedly play, prayed in tongues over me. Yahuwah said everything in darkness will be brought to light. And I had this experience and you go into a state where you don't even know what's going on around you. And so I believe that whoever did this to me has the evidence that this actually happened and they will expose themselves by bringing it to the light. The ministers of darkness, the ministers of Satan will expose this by bringing it to the light and that also will give me more liberty to set others free as I have been set free. Indeed, Yahuwah showed me that these things will be coming on the earth. And this is why I've been able to teach on it, because I experience this. And you're going to know, you're going to know from my experience how to discern the difference. And because I had this experience, I've been able to teach on this. And I'm going to be able to help others to be delivered from it in Yahuwah's righteous scriptural way. That is why I hold so tightly to what the word says, because I don't want to be speaking out of my own head. And this is why with the last prophecy, he said to me, the price you're going to pay is giving this prophecy that you're going to have the whole, you know, a lot of Satan's army is going to come against you when you prophesy this. So my last prophecy I held back for like, I don't know, I think it was like four days, five days, maybe. Cause I was like, I didn't want to do it. I was sick. And I was like, I'm not doing it until I have peace. And then I was told to let it out. So let's get into my story here about how I was demonically possessed when a person prayed in tongues over me. And this was through the house of prayer, which is connected to alpha Toronto blessing and my deliverance came through people praying for me, through me fasting, and as most especially through John MacArthur's Strange Fire series, which the totality is no longer up, but it has the testimonies of a lot of people who went through the same thing. And this was a really horrific experience for me. And so I'm going to get into it. I haven't shared it with people because it was a very painful experience. Spiritual pain is deep pain, and it should warn you from hell and wickedness. But I am um, being attacked under these about these things and around these things by people um, in dark ministries because of the war and the, uh, that I am doing against the enemy and for Israel and for the children, and <clears throat> because of the warfare and the promises given to me. So let's get into it. All right, so this is a testimony about why I do not let people pray in tongues over me. I had a very dark demonic experience with the house of prayer 
as I said, teaching uh, with Alpha, Bethel, Jesus Culture, we're all involved in this. And a particular priest from a particular family from Spruce Grove, where they have white crosses and they have groves of worship, um, that priest was praying over me. And as I said, I had been teaching the Alpha course at McKinnon Church in Edmonton, where we would begin with a very sound doctrine about the validity of scripture using classical books of antiquity as external references, proving that, that the Bible was the ultimate book of antiquity and the most referenced and historical, even uh, proven by you know, Heroditus and um, Josephus, people like Tacitus. So it took a very um, scriptural, scripturally based, educated um, approach towards sharing the good news with non-believers. And we would feed people a meal afterwards. So I would cook for the ministry as well. And I would, we would sit around and we would teach the word and listen to people um, reflect on it and go through the studies in the process of moving them towards salvation. As part of this study, which was uh, run by a, a half-ish person named Nikki Gumble, who lives in Britain, he would you would go through this series of videos led by him, and by the last part of the course, you would go away for a quote Holy Spirit weekend. And you would see if you could speak in tongues and receive the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now the course was very good, um, except for that last part, <laughs> which makes all made all the difference in the world. Okay. And um, he in when Nikki Gumbel talks about the Holy Spirit experience, he says in his experience. He saw people experience the Holy Spirit and sometimes they would be flailing about spastically and someone would have to pick them up and carry them out of the room, which was what happened to him. And the presiding teacher or priest or minister would just kind of wave them, gesture people to pick them up and move them out of the room. And, you know, this was all very normal. And it was nothing to be fearful or concerned about. Now, like I said, I taught this course for about three years at McKinnon Church. And even some of the ministers at McKinnon Church were with my father when he passed away and he accepted Yahusha through actually an African minister, but also in addition with them. And I know my father was saved because of them. So we have darkness and light in the church. But now uh, at the time, I did not know my ancestry. I did not know that I was a descendant of Levitical priests on my grandfather's side. I only knew I was from the Ashanti tribe, but I didn't know they were Levites. And of course, the Ashantis in Ghana are 92% E1B1A. And that's and even the female line is. Although I do think that Esau is mixed in with in with in among them, you know, sidebar. But anyway, they are Levites in West Africa. I wasn't aware of my heritage at the time. I just really needed, since my mother passed away, I really needed the savior. 
And so I tried to be as close to Yahuwah as possible, but I was always following in and out of the law because I was taught it didn't matter. Now, I love to study the word and I do love to study scripture. And consequently, when my father passed away, I was very grieved at the loss of him. Why? Because although I loved my family, my father, uh, my father, when he came to Canada from Britain during World War II, he was just a child and he was molested and abused when he came over on the last ship from Britain. After that, they were all bombed. And when he got into Canada, he was raised among the rich elite, what they call upper Canadians. That would be like somebody being raised, a child being raised by elites in New York. Okay, so that's who raised him. And he constantly complained about wanting to go home. He felt the people were cold. He didn't get any love. And he was left there till he was 16, even after the war ended. And they, the fa his family didn't even seek for him. His father had a kind of hatred for him, even though he was just a child. So he grew up with, without his family and he was abused. And so this string of abuse affected my family and my brother. It affected my elder sister and my brother. And my, my sister, who is sort of almost like my twin, who I'm very close with, she's also a Christian. And uh, we were both in turn abused by our siblings. And consequently, um, we share a bond because of course, you know, my sister never abused me nor I her, right? Except maybe in fighting. <laughs> but um, we also both shared visions of, um, some kind of ritual abuse by older white men growing up in the city of Edmonton. Now, the city of Edmonton is uh, a Ukra uh, largely Ukrainian people, and as well as a large-ish family, the Grammasians run that city, okay? Now, uh, so we may have been abused in daycare or something like that, and I don't like to talk about these kinds of things because... I just find they're very dark and I hadn't been all the way healed of all of these things. I still felt a lot of shame, but I felt, feel, you know, Yah has done a lot of healing with me. I'm ready to talk about them. And also, you know, people would try to get me to talk about them, but because I wasn't healed, I couldn't. Right. So there was some kind of ritual abuse performed against myself and my sister as children. Now, my mother was a, a Jamaican doctor in the city of Edmonton, and she was in charge of public health, and she then became a psychiatrist, but she had severe migraine headaches. She herself went to boarding school in Jamaica and was repeatedly abused there. At, so both of my parents were, in a sense, orphans, and they had been abuse. They were both given dental work with no anesthetic as children during World War II, which is basically torture and trauma-based mind control. So um, my mother very much grew up thinking that white is right and that she loved red-haired people. And I believe this is programming that was put into her and she also had severe, severe migraine headaches all the time. And so she went to psychiatrists to hypnotize her, to hypnotize her. And so I believe they put programming in her. This sounds very crazy, but it is what it is. And my, my father became a communist and a socialist. So tells you a lot about the times we're in right now. Okay. All right.
So my mother did was believe very much white was right. She didn't teach us much of our heritage growing up in Edmonton. In fact, she would always give it to white people. She would give anything that was of our heritage or culture or food to white people who visited. She wouldn't give it to us. And um, she had friends who were British or Ukrainian or the Ish people. And that, those are the people around us when I grew up. And when I was young, she told me I had to have a surgery that I was forced to have as a child. And after that, I had rashes all over my body, inflammation, ear ringing. Um, I believe that I had some kind of a serpent or something defilement put into my body that gave me rashes to dumb me down so I couldn't compete with other students at school because my brothers and sisters all had very high grades and did very well in school. And because um, in that time, we were kind of labeled as a problem. My, my brother was framed and uh, put in prison at a young age. And we were kind of, our phone number had 911 in it, 4911. So four kids, 911. So uh, in other words, we're an emergency. So we were sort of targeted and identified as a threat. And then we were targeted in our lives is what I seriously believe. And so, uh, and I, like I said, I was born in Hannah, Alberta in the year of the fire horse in a snowstorm and uh, with this spiritual heritage. And as I said, my mother took me People may have heard this in other testimonies I've taken down, but she took me on trips with her to various places. And I remember her taking me to a particular place where she showed me to somebody and I was outside playing by a fountain. And afterwards she gave me this white stone and I had a dream about her putting a white stone in my hand. And I believe that she had given me the spiritual heritage in the dream. And also I found out from my aunt that my grandfather, who was a Levite and was known as the Ganga spiritual teacher in Jamaica, he had said that I was his Ganga. So he had put that anointing on me also. And so I was born under the year of the fire horse. The fiery horses mentioned in scripture are the ones who take Elijah up into heaven. So this is to counter what some might consider the pride in the prophecy I gave the other day. So you can see some of the stuff that I went through. All right. Um, the suffering. All right. So anyway, I think that I had some kind of a serpent or whatever put into me as a child because I was always spaced out and fumbling and I felt toxic and sick every morning when I woke up. Now, late in my life, my father jumping way ahead was dying of cancer and I had to move back to Edmonton to look after him. And I had a lot of trauma around him because he had ex actually exposed himself to me when I was a child. And I, f I felt he abused my elder sister, which she actually confirmed. And, um, so he was always a great threat to me. And it's very hard to look after an elderly parent when you have these kinds of unresolved issues. 
and he had confessed his acts of abuse previously towards family members to me, then later denied them. And honestly, as a Christian, I hadn't handled it cor correctly. I was um, angry with him and expressed a lot of rage because I wasn't healed myself when he told me about it. And uh, he also uh, transferred this abusive behavior to my brother, who was also abusive towards me. And so I wasn't healed of those things. So I wasn't able to handle the confession of those sins because he wasn't healed of them either. So consequently, dealing with him was very hard, especially when this ugly behavior of his would come out because it would rear his head when he was old. And so that was very trying. And we would get very angry with each other when I was looking after him. And it was very challenging. But nonetheless, Yahuwah worked in this situation. And there was actually a minister from Ghana. I started going to his church. They were preaching and speaking in tongues. And so um, I was dealing with a spiritual problem because I got into an adulterous relationship. And that was the time that I started going to this African teacher's church. And he, he tried to pray these things off of me. But the reality is I was in an adulterous relationship because I couldn't deal with my father. And it doesn't make sense, but it does. If you know, you know. Anyway, so, but nonetheless, my father loved African people. And so he received the savior from this African teacher and minister who was a very good, kind man. And um, my father had had a very difficult life, isolated from his family. And then when my mom divorced him, isolated from our family and his own conduct isolated us. But yet I still loved my father and he imparted many good blessings to me. And I was able to completely forgive him and have mercy on him when I was finally, um, after he had finally passed away. And I really grieved for his death and the loss of him. However, I was also very traumatized by his death. After he passed and I was alone in a city I hated and I didn't have a job and all this kind of stuff. And I was um, trying to get out of this horrible, adulterous relationship all at the same time. And so I was really seeking Yahuwah through the church. And so I was going to McKinnon and I was continuing to try to press in harder and harder. And uh, the McKinnon had this ministry called House of Prayer. And I didn't know what to do. I was wanting to leave Edmonton and I was led to House of Prayer by a friend. And I didn't know anything about fallen angels at the time or fallen angel offspring. And so what I teach you now about demonic possession and the offspring of the fallen, I know it because I've encountered these people. I've had to deal with them. I've had to deal with them praying in their fallen angel language, tongue over me and imparting a serpent spirit into me. That's how I know them and what they do. So the people running House of Prayer, unbeknownst to me, one of their main prayer warriors was one of the fallen seed. And these are these Nordic families. And they come from these Nordic lines. And they're, they're literally a particular family whose ancestors are serial killers. And they're descendants of Satan Claus. Now, my father, although he was from a dark Welsh background, his fathers had married white women, blonde women. And so he had the blonde hair. 
And so this spiritual leader was a young guy with blonde hair. And so um, I had a soft spot in my heart because I was grieving my father, even though I've never considered myself white or identified that way or anything. I, you know, I had a little soft spot because he kind of resembled that side of the family um, on the blonde side. Anyway, so I would regularly pray at the house of prayer and I felt like this guy was safe and kind and he would pray into the night in tongues. And I was like, I didn't really study tongues. And so I wasn't worried about it. And also my spiritual mother prayed in tongues. My godmother to this day, who's in her 90s, she prayed in tongues and she always blessed me and her life was very blessed. So I didn't have an issue with tongues. And so anyway, at this time, we regularly played for, prayed for important topics right out of scripture. And we would also do praise and worship at the same time. And the spirit would really come into the room. But these other people also brought in a very dark spirit. It's as though light and dark were in the same place at once, which I don't believe they could be. And this is how I know today, even now, that the Christian church is the satanic church, because why could two dwell in the same place? I'm not sure how. Perhaps Yah will give me revelation at another time. Anyway, so... Um, while I was praying at the house of prayer, and as I had returned to and was living in Alberta, I was very much aware of our Prime Minister Harper, who first started in Alberta, the oil industry of Canada is in Alberta, where I grew up. The Indigenous Canadians in Alberta were very much harmed by the policies of the conservative right-wing government. Christian conservative right-wing government. And I had actually written for a series called Blackstone about the atrocities and persecution of the indigenous uh, people in Canada. And I was always fully aware of it and researched and interested in those things because their persecution was similar to the persecution of the African diaspora. And so my heart went out to them. And I had read many like their poets and I had seen documentaries on them and their trafficking. And I saw them. They were always depressed and alcoholics wandering the street. And I knew about the residential schools. And um, so this is why I looked into these things. And my mother was also a psychiatrist and she had dealt with them and how much they had been harmed and abused. So I was aware of it, seen stuff on TV about it. So I wanted to pray for them. And um, they were very downtrodden and the oil industry was harming them on their reservations. Their cancer rate was increased because of the oil industry. They didn't have clean running water. They would freeze to death in the middle of the night, just children wandering out of their homes because of abuse in the home coming out of all of their trauma from the residential schools and, and the alcoholism. And so as I had experienced, you know, my, you know, young white kids ripping my earrings out of my pierced ears when I was a kid and just being violent against my brother, harassing him or calling my sister the N word right in front of teachers for hours on end and teachers doing nothing and not defending us or being knocked in the head onto the ground right in front of a whole class by a little white kid and nobody doing anything. And my teacher telling me I was wrong um, and not 
punishing this kid. I just was very racially traumatized. I even had a friend whose brother was hogtied and unalived by these people. These, like I said, are Ish and Ukrainians, right? This is Edmonton where I grew up. And so I had compassion for the indigenous Canadians. And so I wanted to pray for them and their plight. And of course, I was amongst these conservative white Christians who thought that they just, that the indigenous people need to just get a job and their problems would be over. And they, their problem was welfare. And so, um, so I would pray for them and so would other people. And so one day I, and basically the tar sands in Alberta are the size of the UK and they're poisoning Alberta and all of the indigenous people's land. And so while I was praying at the house of prayer, we had so many wonderful prayer sessions. Finally, I said, I said, if what Harper is doing is wrong, let Yahuwah judge him. I, I prayed that for judgment upon Stephen Harper, who grew up in and his main riding as prime minister was Calgary in the Mount Royal area. I said, let judgment come upon him to prove that he is wrong if he is wrong and have no judgment come if he is, is right or righteous. But it was pretty obvious he's wrong. And so um, I um, began to pray with one of the young men and a number of people. And we all prayed this prayer. They all agreed in prayer with me. And uh, so this was not the young, blonde-haired, uh, fallen angel family guy, but there was a different guy named Stephen who would pray these things with me because he agreed with me in what I was praying. Um, but, you know, off in the background was the young fallen angel offspring kid. <laughs> That's what I now know him as. That's why I'm calling him that. I didn't recognize him as such. But he would pray in his tongues as we were praying. And so... Um, so I have to say this, that as a sidebar, I had been watching videos by Spritz, Fritz Springmeier on trauma-based mind control, as well as them warning against groups like Toronto Blessing, uh, not House of Prayer specifically, but about demonic possession and stuff like that. And Fritz Springmeier uh, talked about trauma-based mind control and the fact that there were these 13 families, these certain families who practiced this on their children. And these were the children of Hashatan. And I, what I later figured out and saw was that in Spruce Grove, Alberta, they have a tree as their symbol and they have a white cross. So the white, you know, Yahushua died on the tree. So they, Spruce Grove is like a grove of worship. So I later figured all this stuff out who these families were, and they even had the bulging forehead, kind of the big third eye in their genetics. But I, I just thought that was weird. But, um, you know, I, I didn't know anything about this fallen angel stuff and fallen angel seed. I just knew word. So anyway, um, so we prayed, going back to the warfare prayer against this conservative government, 
and basically the conservative people who were in the prayer group, really, um, uh, we prayed this prayer and I basically went, I went to a conference in Banff and on my way back from the conference, there was a warning of a severe storm and it was, you know, it was in the summer, so I wasn't really worried about it. So I drove through Calgary on the ring road around the city and then back up to Edmonton and I drove through the storm and there was no problems, no issues. And I wasn't concerned and, and I actually like storms. And so, um, but however, this was the worst storm to ever hit Calgary in over 130 years or something. And to me, it was clear there was judgment because this area, the Bow River overflowed and the area where it hit most severely. So this is a flood, right? A flood of judgment from the Bow of Yahuwah was Mount Royal, which is was Harper's district and three people died. And it was the first time in hundred years or so that somebody died in a flood in Calgary. So to me, this was clear. This was a judgment. And another time I prayed for judgment on Fort McMurray and Fort McMurray was hit by fire. And so this made me an enemy, unbeknownst to me, this made me an enemy and a target of these fallen angel people. So anyway, um, I event, there was even, there's a whole other story to this too, with some weird guy who was trying to always be around me who I think thought had a demon. But anyway, um, I finally did prayer and fasting and I did a prayer walk to get some vision about what I should do or where I should go in my, with my life. And it was revealed to me that I should move out here to Vancouver. And so um, I got a vision about that and my dad being a gr in a greenhouse in the forest and saying, you know, everything would be well. And then I got a phone call the next day from a casting director asking me if I wanted to work on a certain show where I'd have a full-time gig. And so that's, I wound up moving out and I was sad to leave the house of prayer because my prayer experiences have been good. But I have to say when I was regularly there, I, I was praying and one day I was there and that young blonde haired man was there. And as I was praying, I just felt this overwhelming, he was there sitting in the back and I felt this overwhelming spirit of joy and warmth and happiness and this kind of happy feeling coming over me that like Joyce Meyer had always talked about, like liquid love being poured out over me. However, later I would realize it was more of a sensory, sensual feeling. Okay. Um, it was very emotional and fleshly. Okay. Um, so because I was in this state of grief and I knew the young man had something to do with imparting that spirit because he seemed to be related to it, this left me in a position of vulnerability. And on, on another occasion before I left, while we were praying, he came near me and this huge white light flashed me and hit me. And so I moved away from him because he was, he was engaged. He was like only 27. Here I am, I'm 40. And I'm not interested in young men as a rule. I don't like young men um, because I don't want to be anyone's mother. And um, I'm a youngest child. I like men who are mature and older than me when I was interested in men. 
Now I'm only interested in yeah. But anyway, so um, so I, I, you know, I just didn't want to do anything in violate. But after I got hit with this spirit, I was having this feeling of just desire for him. Like he was my man and all this stuff, which was really unusual for me. Because like I said, I don't like young men because they're children. And um, it, it was, it was, I don't know, it was really weird. Anyway, so before I left, I needed to return to Edmonton for a surgical ex exploration because I had these stomach issues I'd had since I was a child and ear ringing. And so I needed to have this exploratory um, thing done and I'd have to go under for it. And I would be returning on the 31st of October, me not knowing about spiritual rituals, winter rituals, <laughs> to do this surgery. And it was at the exact same time that the House of Prayer was having this big prayer-a-thon and I should return for it. And so I did. Consequently, I returned but it was going to be on the 31st. It was going to be on Halloween. And the House of Prayer was doing a gigantic House of Prayer event around Halloween. In my naive Christian mind, I believed that this event was praying against forces of darkness as it was Halloween. In retrospect, I now understand that this these were the dark forces of false Christianity doing their winter rituals. And fully unaware of this, I went several times as I prepared for my surgery and packed up the last of my belongings to drive across the mountains back to Vancouver with, I had a number of these little things to wrap up. And I also went to work out. I, as I was doing these studies about the Holy Spirit, I remembered um, Nikki who taught in these videos saying, sometimes you get hit by the Spirit and so what people do if they see you flailing around is they just take you by the arms and they lead you out. You could be getting a deliverance healing or you could be being slain in the spirit. I was enticed by a woman to come back at seven in the morning when this particular young man was praying. When I was in Vancouver, I was began corresponding with this young man and I began to have a spiritual attachment to him, almost romantic. He was engaged to a young girl. He is younger than me too. And I'm generally not interested in young men. But due to the grief around my father, the, due to the grief around my father, I was feeling very much vulnerable. And having no family to go to, I had a family member living in the States and one on the other side of the country, but there was definitely a vacuum left for any sense of family. So 
I wanted more of this spirit. And I sat down and talked to the young man. I can't remember what I said to him. But I did say that I had, I think I said to him that I had appreciated his gift and his imparting that spirit, but also that I had feelings for him and that was making me vulnerable. And because I thought I should be transparent. And I said, we probably shouldn't talk anymore. That next day, I was praying and there were all kinds of people there. It was a similar setup to the day when he stood by nearby me to pray by me and I got hit by this flash of light. There were all these young people at the back at the music because they would play music while people were praying. Sometimes people would dance. And so this was a really a demonic ritual and I didn't understand that. And this was house of prayer. And this is also attached to this other ministry. And so when I was praying, I brought in coffee. We weren't allowed to bring in coffee, but I needed it because of my autoimmune illness. It, the coffee helped my liver so that I wouldn't feel drained and sluggish and sick. So for me, it was something medicinal I was taking. And so I was like, I'm just going to bring it in and kind of hide it. So I brought it in and I got up and I was praying and I got hit by this spirit. And I believe I was taken out of the room. I had a vision of this spirit coming upon me, like trying to molest me. And I, I was trying to move away from the spirit. And the spirit said, uh, somebody in the room said, oh, no, go, because that's the spirit of Elohim. And they're, they're, uh, they're not going to think that you love them. And so I was like, I was very confused, right? Because I was in under a spirit. I was under a serpent spirit. And this was all tongues was being prayed all through this. This is why I don't like praying in tongues. I don't like people praying in tongues around me because this spirit was put upon me. And so I believe I was taken out of the room. I was by myself. I didn't go with any friends or anything because I considered these people at this house of prayer to be my friends. And so I believe a, a, a demonic spirit was put upon me and they would perceive this as being slain in the spirit, which is what it is because the spirit is trying to kill your soul, right? And, but in terms of the Toronto blessing or the teachings of this specific ministry, that was you, just you receiving the Holy Spirit. And so I don't know what happened to me or what they did to me because when I, it was like I was sitting, I woke up sitting in my seat. The room was much emptier. There weren't as many people there. And my coffee, which was hot before, was now cold. After that point, I had anxiety I had never experienced before. I had a sense of anxiety in me I had never experienced before. And I, I corresponded with the leader of the ministry and I told him, I said, I believe that this guy put this spirit on me and I was corresponding with him and blah, blah, blah. And he didn't respond to me at all. Neither did any of the women from the ministry when I had even tried to correspond with them previously. And I thought this was very strange. And I just thought, well, maybe I need to go to House of Prayer in Kansas 
And, you know, Kansas, you think I would have read the signs, but I didn't understand any of this. I was in Christianity. I didn't understand any of this stuff. So I went to Kansas for a house of prayer um, meeting around Christmas, another unholy holiday. And I did my Christmas at house of prayer in Kansas. And I saw that everyone was getting all of these spirits put on them, that people were doing the Toronto blessing thing where they were transferring spirits by holding hands. And they had their, you know, Bethel church was singing and they also had, you know, other singing groups. I can't remember what, oh, what is the name of that ministry? Oh, yes, it was Jesus Culture and Bethel Worship. And the course I was teaching was the Alpha course. So the course I was teaching when I was in Edmonton was the Alpha course with Nikki Gumbel, who is a half Jewish guy who teaches it out of England. And so he's the one who said, oh, when you get slain in the spirit, you're going to, you know, you may get this warm feeling over you like Joyce Meyer talks about. And you may just start babbling and then people may have to come in and, and I just say, carry them out, take, pick them up and carry them out. And so this, uh, when I went to House of Prayer in uh, Kansas, then they had Jesus Culture singing there as well as Bethel Church. And so they all sing these very hypnotic songs. They sing these hypnotic songs in darkness. And I just felt like I had this really dark spirit radiating towards me during the big concerts and stuff around Christmas. And I also went and did praise dance in smaller venues. But I felt like I was being watched thing that happened was while I was at House of Prayer, I made one call to that guy, to the priest guy, because I was like, what the hell is going on? And I wanted to talk to him directly. And the guy, Jim, who run the House of Prayer, he wouldn't listen to me. He didn't, didn't believe me. He was dressed all conservative and squared off and acting that way. So I called the guy, the Jesperson guy, and he literally lost his mind and went crazy and sounded demon possessed on the phone. So I hung up. And when I got back to Vancouver, I had actually tried to set up a house of prayer here. And everybody I was dealing with here in Vancouver was Ukrainian. And there was no house of prayer yet here. There was one in Washington, Washington State next door. There seemed to be nobody interested in doing a full-time prayer and prayer and praise and worship because I do love to pray, right? And I'd had effective prayer. I had prayed for my father a few times and he was not completely healed, but he was definitely uh, made well for a long season. So I knew there was some kind of gift of prayer. And I had also prayed for my mother when she was very sick once and um, she had a great uh healing for a long season as well. So I knew prayer worked and I knew I'd love to pray. And I knew from those miracles that happened, those judgments that I could pray. But what it seems like was praying for those judgments of fire and water against the conservative money cabal made me an enemy of them.
I became an enemy of them. And so I was attacked. My naivety, I had not properly discerned the spirits and in my need. This is why the scripture says you should not love mother, father, brother, sister, son, daughter more than me because I was loving my grief and my need more than I was loving Yahuwah. And I had this spirit of anxiety on me. The only people who were coming around me were people who were from a specific ethnic background and they were trying to do church planting and they wanted to do this kind of prayer with me also. And I had not found a church home, so I started going to their church home. And I was in a prayer meeting with them, and one of the leaders from their church home said, there is an unclean spirit on someone in this room. Let me just pray. And so they prayed, and, and the spirit went off of me. But that was after I fasted for a whole week. I had to fast for a whole week to get that demon off of me. And it was a lustful spirit. It was like the more I prayed for that love from that spirit, it would come over me like a kind of lust. It was also like um, I would see people and they would become be gigantic or small. So first they would look gigantic and then they would look small. It was like I was hallucinating. And so I could discern whether or not somebody had an, a false angel spirit on them, like a demonic angel spirit. And even when I went and worked on set, I had producers and stuff from Hollywood just follow me and try to talk to me. And I knew that they had some kind of demonic spirit on them because I was now seeing that Hollywood was very demonic. And so they were drawn to me and I was like, why are they drawn to me? Another thing that was happening was I was in cemetery school and in the cemetery school I was at up at UBC, they were also communicating this same foul spirit through tongues. So my, my 101, my master's level, uh, key instructor in my religious studies course had said he came from a Pentecostal tradition and he had this Asian guy who was a Pentecostal minister as well come and talk to us all and talk about soaking in the spirit. Now this is something they talk about in the Toronto blessing, soaking in the spirit. And even when I was at house of prayer, they were, everybody was all praying in tongues all at once. And they would talk about soaking in the spirit, being in the presence of this spirit, right? Now, it's one thing to practice the presence of Yah by meditating specifically on his word and praising him and singing praise. So then the Holy Spirit and he comes to you, right? And you can do this, you can experience this when, we, when you're praying with people, when you're praying in the spirit, not in tongues, but when everyone is in agreement with the spirit of Yahuwah, you'll experience this warmth and the presence of Yahuwah. This was something else. This was like meditation. And so he asked, he said, is there anybody here who can come forward to, to just pray with us and practice this presence? And they had everyone come up 
and do freestyle prayer, like house of prayer style. This is when I was in university. This is a totally different setting. This is under my professor for the survey study for my master's in um, theology and the arts. So he was, he was a Pentecost background. And he had this Asian guy coming up who was also another Pentecostal minister trying to get us to do this prayer and practice the presence of this prayer. And I just sat there and did nothing because that spirit was off of me. And he kept looking at me. Do you know I went to, I started going to another church downtown and I went to that church that very weekend and the same guy was there doing the same thing. And he lifted his hands up and he said, is there anyone who can come up here so that we can practice this presence? And he looked at me again. And I looked at him like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude, because I don't have that spirit and I don't agree with this. And I was like, I was like annoyed that he was there because I was like, I don't want to have anything to do with that spirit. And he seemed to be um, trafficking in that seducing spirit. Now that is a seducing spirit. And these are doctrines of demons. So what I can tell you family is that I continued to wrestle with anxiety, but fasted and prayed intermittently. And then by the time I woke up into the Hebrew thing and flat earth, I did a major detox where I did the Gerson therapy for about two months. I did like coffee enemas. And then this is like around 2015. And then I literally went to Germany and got all these anti-helmetic drugs, like these anti-helmetic medications like, you know, praziquantel, various other things. I was on them for about a year trying to rid myself of any kind of parasites that might be in my body. Because I started studying the foundation of disease and the foundation of disease I was learning from people promoting the letter M-M-S as a therapy um, and Gerson therapy and other therapies to get, they're all designed to get worms out of your body. That's why when dealing with the big C, that is serpent venom they put into you with the big C thing. And that's why when you take the horse stuff, it gets that serpent out of you. And so what I was able to figure out was that when they put this serpent spirit on me, it put a serpent in me and something might've been put into me as a child through the VAXs right? Or through whatever medical procedure I had. So I did the Gerson therapy for like three months. I was doing it, um, juicing and doing coffee enemas for about a year. And then I also took all these anti-helmetics. I even went to Germany to get them because they have a ton of them in Germany. How ironic. And, um, and then I, I started just straight out fasting and taking the Dr. Sabi herbs. And I would see these things, snake after snake after snake after snake coming out of me, coming out of me. And I told a friend about it because she had a spirit on her because she had been very abused as a child, a sister, right? 
And so she started doing the same detoxes and she was seeing all these serpents coming out of her. And so I believe that in um, participating in around people who spoke in tongues, that they impart those spirits through that glossolalia, through those um, demonic spirits speaking in tongues, because that was exactly what happened before that spirit was set upon me. And I don't remember what they, I think they, I probably had a demon on me and they probably just took me in a back room and calmed me down. And maybe I was acting like I had the Holy Spirit or they had put some demon on me. Before I actually went to Kansas, I did go to Washington. And when uh, I would talk to people about it, I would say, I feel like I need healing. I feel like I still have something in me that I need to get out. This is before all my fasting and everything, right? And I said, I think I still have, you know, I have stuff into me I need to get out. And they would be like, oh, go to deliverance ministry. So that's when I went to Washington, which is just across the border from Vancouver. And I went to the house of prayer there and they were like, yeah, we do deliverance. But then I saw that woman whose father and mother had started house of prayer and was expanding it all over the place. And she seemed out of her mind crazy. And I was started thinking, are they putting demons into people or getting them out of people? That was my question. And so then I went to John MacArthur and John MacArthur did a whole teaching on strange fire, strange fire. And he exposed the reality that they do put demons in you. And his preaching on strange fire was actually coming at the request of another black African-American minister who was saying, these people are sending their ministry ministers all over Africa, spreading this Toronto, Toronto blessing. And this included um, Reinhard Bunke. Reinhard Bunke was also sending around this spirit. So you'd see these videos of all these people in Africa getting converted, getting delivered, when in fact, all this was, was they were receiving the same demonic spirits through the demonic um, voodoo practices they have in Africa. And so this black minister, I can't remember what his name is, went to John MacArthur and said, look what these white people are doing to black people in Africa. You have to do something on this. So John MacArthur did a whole thing on strange fire. And, and there were all these stories of this is the kind of extremity that it was going to and probably still goes to. And this is the false demonic spirit that will masquerade and ma has masqueraded and continues to masquerade as a false Holy Spirit anointing. And so I, one of my favorite teachers, to me, the, one of the best teachers in the whole his Hebrew Israelite movement is Joshua Collins. And I got into it, the only thing I've gotten into it with Joshua over was the tongues thing. Because Yah said to me that, that I've done a whole teaching on it, and he was like, the only heavenly language there is, and that's according to Jubilees, is Hebrew. 
And so the only way you can know you're speaking in a heavenly language is if you're speaking Hebrew. I do not discount that there might be people who can speak in Hebrew and speak in tongues, known languages per scripture with translation and multiple witnesses. So I would not put down his ministry for that because he is probably one of the deepest teachers and most faithful teachers in Israel. So I would never put down his ministry for that. But it's nothing but what I've experienced from people who speak in tongues. It's always a demonic event. And Paul is very clear, and please go and watch my teaching, the teaching on Pentecost and the Holy Spirit that goes into all of the mechanics and scriptures on this. So I'm going to put it at the end of this video, and I'll probably put it in here as a card a few times. But um, please go and watch that because it's very clear that you have to have two or more witnesses translating. And it must sound like a spoken language. So it's either known languages or it's Hebrew. And you must have two or more people interpreting. And they can't be in the same room at the same time. And the scripture is very clear that you do not repeat yourself in prayer. So if somebody is repeating the same thing over and over again, that's not the Holy Spirit. Because they're claiming the Holy Spirit is speaking through them. The Holy Spirit won't violate the law. So they're not going to say, Shambhala, you know, forgive me if that's a, a bad word, Abba. I'm just making a word up. But if they say that like 15 times, then that's a false language. But this guy, when he was speaking, he would walk up and down like he was literally speaking a language. And I thought to myself, oh, he's literally speaking in tongues because I didn't do a study on tongues at that time before he was speaking in tongues and I got hit with that serpent. It was like a giant serpent came out and bit me and I was slain in the spirit. And after that, I, you know, as Nikki Gumbel says in the alpha videos, in the alpha teaching, and I had been teaching it for three years. So I didn't understand I was part of this until I watched John MacArthur's video on these things, which the alpha, the Toronto blessing, and there's another one in the States, um, House of Prayer, and there's a, th a fourth one, actually, Bethel Church, they all practice the presence of this demonic spirit that imparts a false Holy Spirit, this false sense of well-being, the same thing that Joyce Meyer talks about. Oh, it's like having liquid love poured out on you. That's what it does feel like. But then it becomes this horrible, oppressive um, spirit. And it, you think that it's real love, but it's not because now when I met it, I've been praying a lot and I've been playing, praying a lot of deliverance prayer for myself and others. And in the process, I have been delivered from certain things. And I believe whatever residue was left over from that, I have been delivered from. How do I know? Because through all the fasting and prayer that I was doing as a teacher in Israel, what Yahuwah did was he restored me to my Hebraic identity through the process of all the teaching and fasting and praying that I was doing. But a lot of it I was doing according to my ancestry and heritage, which is a way of functioning in the flesh. So um, knowing who I was, yet I was operating in the spirit. I was like, I prayed about it. And he's like, yeah, I gave you the spirit. He was like, 
he was like, but your salvation was not complete. And he was saying this, he even showed me today as I prepared to do this video, he spoke of, um, he showed me that I was in a time of testing and everything that was hidden would come to light. And um, so whatever happened when I, when that spirit came upon me, I don't know what happened when that spirit came upon me. Okay. That dark spirit, I know it's gone now, but I know that Yahuwah restored my identity as an Israelite and purged me of dark things through fasting and prayer. How do I know this? Because I literally went to my first Sukkot and I was able, I was literally, you know, just doing, uh, shifting wood around in the fire and Hulda, Mori Yosha's wife was like, oh my gosh, she's touching fire and it's not burning her. And I noticed I actually was touching fire and it wasn't burning me. And that was after I woke up. So Yahuwah had um, made it so that these are the things that you can do when you are protected by his spirit. That's what it says, that you will pass through the fire and it won't burn you. And so these are the things the Hebrews and around me notice. And also the revelation I was being given and I was getting was very clearly conveying that I had the Ruach HaKodesh and Yahuwah named my ministry into all truth. Now, as I said before, Yahuwah said the price that I would pay would be in giving the prophecy I gave a few days ago. That I was going to pay a price with that, but he would protect me. So now the enemy is after me. Okay, because I said a particular people, the czar-ish, were going to be judged and are going down. And I also was given a vision of Hasetan falling as a dragon. Cast down by uh, Michael. And then he told me of my heritage and what was coming to me. And he had shown me, he said um, that whatever happened to me when I got slain in the spirit, he told me a few years ago would become a video. He said, or they might also use, um, because I show my face so much, he said they would use like a deep fake to play with and corrupt that video. And so he said, it's going to be a combination of things. And so I think that something, some combination of that might have or may have happened. And so um, I'm saying all of this to say, this is coming out because I declared war and I gave that prophecy war on the children of Satan, because the synagogue of Satan are the true children of Satan. Okay. If you know who they are, and if you know, you know, if you don't, you don't. And also because during Hanukkah, I had given the full teaching on Hanukkah, which not a lot of people watched or received. Nonetheless, I was given it. I was given restore. I was given the restoration of that teaching in the full. I was restored that teaching of Hanukkah in the full. There's nobody who's taught it as I've taught it in the two lessons I've taught it because it is the full restoration of that teaching. And so, um, 
So now the enemy is after me and the enemy wants to smear my image. And so, yeah, when I was like, I was like preparing to do this video, like to do this story time. And I've been preparing to do it for many years now. I've mentioned this testimony about why I don't like to speak in tongues. Anytime I, I talk about tongues, I'm like, I don't want people praying in tongues over me. Literally, I had somebody I pray for pray in tongues over me. I hung up the phone on her. And I had to explain this to her and send her to a video. I had somebody in my ministry, my last ministry, and a large part of the reason why it fell apart was because this person was praying in tongues. And two people left because she prayed in tongues over them. And I, I've already talked to her about this. And I talked to her about it. And I, I gave her, did a whole, that whole teaching on Pentecost that you'll see. I did it because of that, because they felt, they said that she, after she prayed for them, they, her, the husband started getting sick and the wife was just sick previous to that. Now the husband started getting sick and started getting um, spiritual attacks. And so I said, look, you cannot pray in tongues because tongues is not of Yah. This is why go through the whole study. And she did. And then to reward her, Yah gave me a prophecy that someone in our ministry would be healed and made whole. And I prophesied it over that person. And then the same person who stopped praying in tongues prayed for the person I had prophesied about being made whole. And she was. She was made whole through the prayer that this person prayed over her. Now, this person prays like I pray. Except she was praying in tongues. Now she stopped praying in tongues. And I said, now, will you go to the other people and tell them that it was because you were praying in tongues that they might have received that spirit and, you know, to come back so that we can maybe help them? And she said, no, because I don't know for sure that that was what the problem was. But that kind of drove the ministry apart. There were other issues. But that was a problem because she wouldn't own that. And um, <laughs> yeah, so then other stuff happened. That's the sidebar. But this is why I am really against praying in tongues because I had such an awful demonic spirit. Like I could not, there are other stories I can tell you about that happened around that as well. It was a Kundalini serpent spirit that was put on me. It was a Kundalini serpent spirit. I know because I went one day to work out after that experience and this light came out of me. I was in my yoga, in a yoga class, like an, a dumb idiot. I was doing yoga and this light came out of me and went throughout the whole room and everyone in the whole room went, ooh, she has a spirit. And yes, I did. I had a serpent spirit. I had a serpent spirit. And so, but all of this to say when I, I counseled with a friend about this, and when this came up, I prayed warfare prayer with Yahuwah, and I talked to him about it, and he did say that prophecy I gave would cost me. It was going to cost me. I would have to pay a price. But he said that he would protect and defend me. And he also showed me, as I was looking for just information about Alpha and about House of Prayer and the Toronto Blessing and, you know, Bethel and the, you know, uh, that, that Jesus group and all that kind of thing. Uh, the first thing he showed me was 
uh, some notes I had written on what is love. Yah rebukes those whom he loves. And it said, um, grace, that which a person is not entitled to by law, but which is extended to him as a favor, pardon, or example of grace. Um, and so it's a promissory note until the end of time. And then what he said in this thing I wrote myself was a bride is betrothed to Messiah. This is Israel first and the Gentiles second. Israel, this is from when I first awoke, is given the trial to make it right until the time of Jacob's trouble ends. So what I was prophesying to you about was the time of Jacob's trouble, which we are in now. And so you, we are betrothed to Messiah and we have a promise of future marriage until we die or the time of Jacob's trouble ends. And we're in the time of Jacob's trouble. Anything Israel is going to go through, the prophets are going to go through first. So I'm going through a persecution right now. And this is part of the betrothal process. All right. And he said, preparation, John 14, verses two through three. I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, thy will be there also at the wedding supper. This is the end of the ceremony, the eternal union with Messiah in the thousand year reign. Yahusha comes after the tribulation. I have here great tribulation because it is after the great tribulation, but for Israel, it's after the time of Jacob's trouble. The great tribulation is when the ancient, the Gentiles who fail to recognize Yahusha and the firstborn are disciplined because they are not of the assembly of the children. And this is also when the children of Israel who have not accepted the son and Yahusha and their identity as the seed will be considered Gentiles and must go through the tribulation. And so then he started showing me about the marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And this is when the water is made into wine and the bridegroom Yahusha, John 2 and 10, and saith unto him, every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when the men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. So Yahuwah is setting out the scales, mene, mene, tekel, uperisim. So, um, and this is the two, this is a time of judgment, and this is the two scales in the hands of the rider with the, the black horse. And so this is a time when we are weighed, measured. And so it says, these are the first fruits that are given in exchange for the wheat. This is the barley given in exchange for the Gentiles. So these are the children of Israel who will be given in exchange for the Gentiles. And so what this message says is that I must preach the word and be instant in season. So I have to instantly preach the word and rebuke, uh, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long, long suffering and doctrine. So I'm dealing with a friend who's in a strange, odd doctrine. And, and in the process, rather than me 
getting mad and running away like I normally do. I get upset because it hurts me. I feel personally hurt. I don't know why I feel so hurt when people won't accept pure doctrine, but I do. But I'm being led through a process with this brother where um, it's not, I'm not, it's not painful. I'm able to counsel him without taking it personally that he can't receive the fullness of the salvation of the Savior in the in the tree of life. So family, I'm. why am I relating all of this to you? Be- because of the whole tongues issue and because Yah warned me that with deep fake and also with whatever happened, something might, like that might come out. But more importantly, what he wants you to know and what I've already shared with other people, with my close um, Hebrew brothers and sisters, is that in this time that I've been praying all of this deliverance type prayer, which I prayed it all over Hanukkah, I prayed deliverance prayer all through Hanukkah. I was praying restoration, deliverance, healing, breaking off the yoke of bondage. I've had the yoke of bondage broken off my, my chest, broken off my throat, broken off my mind, my heart. Yah has been healing me. He has promised me healing. And so I've been being healed. My body has been being healed. And um, so I'm eliminating all this kind of crap as well. And so what happened to me during this period uh, from November through Hanukkah until now, just before Hanukkah, he did a healing on me where I had to confess like just the ugly things in my heart and the fears to him that I had. And because I didn't feel like he could heal me of them. And he was like, I already know about all these things. So he drove into me and healed me. And that's why he said, out of your belly is going to come honey from the rock. And and you will be able to eat strong meat because I can't eat strong meat with the stomach stuff. But now that I am have been doing all this purging, like spiritually and praying off these demonic forces and everything and praying for the fall of the Gentile powers and the demonic forces, that's literally what I've been praying. I should put that prayer up. Um, this has brought this attack. But more than that, in the course of this praying, he gave me a vision. It wasn't even a vision. I literally cried out for like about 45 to minutes to, you know, an hour or more. And he was healing me. He pulled me into the, literally into the tree of life. He literally um, restored me into the tree to become a branch again. That's why in the prophecy, I said, it was said that I was a branch I was a branch. He restored me. It it says, aren't they able to be grafted back into their own tree? And it was like I was locked in an embrace with Yah himself because, because I kept saying I wanted him. I was like stupid things like viewers and stuff on my ministry. I was concerned about those stupid things. And he was like, he was like, why are you concerned about that foolishness? Like, he's like, that stuff doesn't matter. Like, what are you really after? And I was like, it was, it just came down again to him. It's just him. Everything else is a byproduct. 
that you get. It's really him. It's it's being in his presence. And so it was like he refilled my bones and my thighs and my belly and my heart and my like everything. It was like I was being pushed back into the tree of life and extended out as a branch again and delivered and healed. And, and I am experiencing that I don't, I don't have bitterness uh, or anger. It's like, if I want I, it's so hard for me to get like that. Now it's like a real healing and transformation that came through this prayer, continual praying. He said, I needed to pray. One of the reasons why he took me away from my ministry with people was because I was relying on them praying or praying, uh, uh, being in the presence of Yahuwah, being washed by the word through teaching and being with others. But on my own, I wasn't praying enough. And, and having, I was having intimacy as a teacher, as a studier of his word and hearing from him, but not through enough prayer. I guess he needed, he needed me to, it was all about me learning to submit to the spirit and cease from works of the flesh and to walk in the spirit, walk by the spirit. And he had taken me through the journey of the works of the flesh in righteousness and even by the spirit of Yahuwah to let me know what the Hebrew heritage was. However, he had led me now into the full grafting back into the tree of life so that I could walk now purely in the spirit and I would be able to withstand the fiery darts and arrows of the enemy when I'm teaching or dealing with people as a teacher so that I'm not taking their stuff personally because it's all on the shoulders. I'm able to surrender now, but I have his life in me. It's, it's his life and his mercy and his grace and peace. He said he restored the covenant of peace to me. And that's why he gave me these prophecies because I'm going to be attacked. And because I am being attacked right now because I prophesied the end of the ish, but I'm going to put up my prayer that I prayed on TikTok during Hanukkah. And, I, you know, yeah, willing, if I can put it up, you know, he may say no, because it's a very heavy warfare prayer. Like people were like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. It was crazy. Um, but so I am being attacked, but I want you to know that that's what happened to me and that these things are very real and they're coming in and in the earth. These people are being, are, can be demonically possessed. Be careful about deliverance, being slain in the spirit, all of that kind of stuff. People praying tongues over you without things being done decently and in order and, um, two witnesses and it's sounding like a real language and even the false tongues are a real language because it's the language of the Anunnaki. It sounds like a real language too, but if you haven't got two separate people coming in with two, with one clear interpretation, it's best not to. And that's why I will not be around or sit under anyone praying in tongues.
I absolutely won't. And uh, don't ever anybody without asking me pray over me in tongues because it imparts demonic spirits. And I had that experience. But praise Yahuwah, he's restored me back to the tree of life. And, and this was like just um, before, actually it was, bef it was early November that I had this restoration. And, uh, and then this, all of this healing has been coming uh, through Hanukkah. And then I started the warfare prayer uh, against the enemy. And so that was one of my major ministries when I first started coming into ministry. Uh, I had done praise and worship, and then I started doing prayer. And similar, and then, um, then I woke up into the Hebrew thing. First, I was teaching about health and the body, and now I started teaching Torah. Then I started doing praise and worship again. Then I, I sat over a, a assembly, a group of people in private study classes. And um, now he has me returning to warfare prayer. And so because I've returned to warfare prayer, family, if you, if you don't understand these tenets and I ask you to sign up for warfare prayer, I do not want anyone praying in tongues. So please do not come into my ministry and pray in tongues. You will be expected to keep your mic open the whole time. And you will not be allowed to pray in tongues in my ministry. All right. And I want to continue to pray for Israel. And this is why, you know, because of what Yah said that, that, you know, that I was a branch, that I would plant all of these things, I'm going to be under attack. And so because I'm a forerunner, what is going to happen to everyone else first happens to me. So that's what it is. But that includes the healing. That includes the restoration of a branch, right? The restoration to the tree of life, who is Yahuwah, Yahusha, the husband, as the uh, king's daughter or son. And so family, I want you to know that it's because of the videos. There was actually probably a maybe 18 hour series on strange fire and speaking in tongues and demonic possession and the testimonies of people who had been in Alpha House of Prayer, Toronto Blessing, um, listening to Jesus Culture and any uh, Bethel Church and any of these other prayer groups because of being in those places, they had been demonically possessed. And it's in the Baptist, baptism of the Holy Spirit movement, where you can get hit, slain by these serpent spirits. And so that was what happened to me. And I have to praise Yahuwah for John MacArthur's teaching on strange fire that helped to get me delivered from it. Also, the pastor who prayed for me and prayed that spirit off of me and my sister and my uh, my godmother, who is 90 years now, a, a believer, a, a upright and godly woman. And um, 
they prayed for me to have that spirit come off of me. But I definitely was slain by a serpent spirit. And so these things do come out by prayer and fasting and Yah is able to restore you to your health. So I encourage you to pray for John MacArthur because he is still believing that the true children of Israel are not the true Israel. And I pray sincerely, I cried for about three hours over him because he is still in deception. And because he helped with my deliverance from that, I believe he is, you know, or was a true man of Yahuwah. And so I pray that he comes to all truth and please pray for him because I wouldn't have been able to teach the things I've taught everybody. And Yah did say to me, which is also very important, had I not had that experience. He said to me, it was such a horrible and humiliating, but most of all, spiritually painful experience. It was, it was as bad as my parents dying. That's how horrible it was to experience a drop of hell. That's what that was, experiencing a drop of hell. It was horrible. But I was so humiliated after that. But what it did was it made it so I just wouldn't date just anybody after that. It sharpened my discernment with people. It made it so that I would not just take anything spiritually from anybody and or date just anybody. And but he's he when I started to wake up into my Hebrew identity, he showed me that that was that that was my blessing and that was the gift that came out of that. I was able to withstand relationships with ish men who I would have in my Christianity naively thought were the two true children of Israel. I was I was able to stand up against that faithlessness rather than to marry or date someone like that. Um, and then I've been able to teach on all of this stuff and explain to you how it works because I went through it. And so I can tell you, family, that you can also be truly saved and delivered from demonic spirits through prayer and obedience, through warfare prayer. Um, you don't have to have people praying in tongues for deliverance. In fact, I would suggest you avoid it. And you must be grafted back in the tree. You must be able to confess your ugliest secret, most innermost parts that you don't think that Yahuwah could ever change or heal or deliver you from. You have to be able to confess them to him openly. And that's what I was able to do. And that's when he restored me completely as a branch whose root and fatness is in him. And so this is going to happen to more and more of the children of Israel because it's happened to me. It can happen to you. You can be fully restored in Yahuwah. So family, I want you to just hope, keep your hope and prayer in that. And I hope you will receive testimony uh, in sincerity and truth and in the spirit of truth. 
And I thank you for listening and continuing to pray for me. I would not have been able to be delivered in that situation from that demonic um, serpent spirit unless I had had people praying for me as well as I was fasting. So if you are struck by these things, these things come out with prayer and fasting, as Yahusha says. All right. So thank you so much for listening. May Yahuwah bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine on you. May he be gracious, lift the light of his countenance and give you shalom. I will extol you, Yahuwah, for you have lifted me up. I will extol you, Yahuwah, for you have lifted me up and have not made my foes to rejoice over me. Yahuwah Elohai, I cried unto you and you You have brought up my soul from shore. You have kept me alive that I should not go down, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing. of his holiness for his anger endures but a moment in time but in his favor is life weeping may endure for a But joy comes in the morning, and in my poverty I said, I shall never be moved. Yahuwah, by your favor, you have made my mouth to stand strong. You did hide your face, and I was troubled. I cried to you, Yahuwah, and unto Yahuwah I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood 
there when I go go down to the pit shall the dust praise you shall it declare your truth here oh Yahuwah have mercy upon me Yahuwah be my helper you have turned for me Into dancing you have put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. Oh, Yahuwah, to you forever i give thanks to you abba yah bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine on you may he be gracious lift the light of his countenance and give you shalom Yasharat, Yisrael, who love, worship, and praise Yahweh, give him thanks by saying hallelujah. <laughs>